Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. The topic we talk about in this episode is a little bit vulnerable. It's a little bit touchy. It's a little bit on the edge of maybe hitting a few nerves, but I think it's a really important one that we don't talk about enough. Allie Kepley from The Rebel Spatula joins me in this episode, and the overarching message is how to maintain a healthy relationship with Instagram and your phone, your mobile device but it actually ended up turning into a conversation about the fact that we're all kind of addicted to our phones and to technology and how scary this is, not just for us, but for our kids. Allie and I have a lot of the same worries about this, and that definitely comes out in this episode. This is great food for thought, though. If you feel like you are looking at Instagram or your phone too much or your kids are, definitely give it a listen, and I hope that it helps someone out there who needs to hear this message. Allie also provides some great tips about how to get off your phone a little bit and start enjoying life and have gratitude for the things around you, implement discipline into your life and time management and schedule management and all those good things that will naturally help you get off your device. This is episode number 425 and it is sponsored by Rank IQ. Do you want to know how to create compelling video content? and have the skills and best practices for how to make the most of it, then the Tastemaker Food Videography Workshop is for you, and it is here to show you how. Enjoy a weekend hanging out with like-minded food creators, trying out local restaurants, all while increasing your skill set. The future of the internet is video, especially short format, which is definitely having a moment right now. This workshop is for food creators looking to level up their video content creation. It takes place July 20th through 23rd, 2023 in Portland, Oregon. It is put on by Tastemaker Conference. Liz Merrick will be speaking. She is an award-winning cake decorator, author, founder, and CEO of Sugar Geek Show. She is well-known for teaching the science behind baking, cake decorating, and creating gravity-defying 3D cakes. With over 2.5 million followers on TikTok, Liz is the video queen. Join Liz and other like-minded peers at this amazing workshop. For more information and to grab your spot, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources. Scroll down to the Tastemaker logo and find the orange button labeled Food Videography Workshop. Secure your spot today to level up with your video content creation. Allie Kepley is a home baker who grew up baking with both of her grandmothers since she was little. Allie started creating her own recipes at age 11 or 12 and was on a roll through becoming a stay-at-home mom. She decided to create a recipe website a little over a year ago out of a desire to want to bake full-time and have more freedom and time with her son. Her blog is catered toward those who want to make elevated recipes that are approachable to anyone. Hello, Allie. Thanks so much for being on Eat Blog Talk. How are you today? Hi, Megan. Good. I'm so excited to be here. Super excited for this chat about establishing a healthy relationship with none other than Instagram. 
Yes, the one and only. Yes, the one and only, exactly. Before we get into it, do you have a fun fact to share with us? I do. So my fun fact is that most of my life, I was a dancer. And when I was little, I did tap, ballet, jazz. And then as an adult, I did, um, I was on a hip hop dance team. I took belly dancing lessons and salsa dancing. So I like to try just a little bit of everything. That's so fun. I love that. What's your favorite form? Probably salsa. It is a lot of fun. It's so upbeat and you're just all over the place. And most of these places are attached to Mexican restaurants as well. So you get to eat Mexican food and have margaritas. So I'm kind of combining my favorite worlds into one. Yes. I love it. There's nothing more fun than watching really good salsa dancers dance. They're so amazing. They are. And it is so much fun. and It's an awesome workout. So I've always enjoyed it. That's awesome. All right. Well, great to have you here. And like we alluded to, we're going to talk about Instagram and just creating a healthy relationship because I don't know about you, but I hear so much in our space how it's really hard to do this right now. And there's so much angst and like disappointment and frustration. And it's like kind of an unhealthy space for a lot of people. So this, I think, is a really relevant topic. It can be. Yeah. And I'm going to go through all of that and even things you can do to set yourself up for success. Oh, can't wait to hear that. (laughs) First, do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about your journey, where you started, and where you've come to today? So I started blogging. Well, let's start with this. You know, the pandemic, we all know (laughs) what a crazy time that was. And I think a lot of people kind of felt that shift, you know, where things were uncertain. With me especially, you know, I had a son who started doing Zoom school and had to be home. So I quickly had to scramble and find a remote job. And I had to abandon school. I was going to school to be a psychologist. And so I kind of had to put that on the back burner and make sure we could do Zach's school and have that set up and make sure I could be home with him. So you know, I just kind of felt like I was being banged around, you know, my whole life just got flipped upside down. And I was thinking about it because, you know, that's the kind of the time when TikTok erupted, right? Yeah. And everyone's online and doing stuff and, you know, making money from it. And I was thinking, you know, I want more control out of my life than this, you know, because everything did feel uncertain. And, you know, in the past, people have said, you know, you should open up a bakery, you know, you're such a good baker, you know, you should work in a bakery or have a restaurant or something, you know, but I didn't really want to do that. So the idea popped up, you know, I should start a blog, you know, I kind of want to teach people that baking really isn't as intimidating as it seems. I grew up doing it, so I'm used to it. But I met a lot of people, especially up here in the north, you know, because I grew up in the south where baking is still a big deal. You know, we make a lot of pies down there. A lot of people I've talked to had never baked before or felt intimidated by it. And I was like, gosh, you know, well, I want to make something approachable for people and show them that, you know, you can make things look pretty and it's not hard to learn. You know, I'll walk you through it. And so I decided to create a blog in, I would say, 2021, toward the end of the year. 
2022, you know, you know, when you start it, you get really excited and you're like, oh, this mm-hmm. is great. And then you, <laughs> and then you start getting into the nitty gritty and you're like, whoa, this is, this <laughs> what is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. So, which, and it was good work. I spent almost the entire year learning last year. And, you know, you have to learn photography because that's the very first thing I think people realize that their stuff has to look pretty or else no one's going to click on it. So I took a photography course, you know, photography school. You know, a lot of bloggers have taken that one. Learn how to make videos, you know, because reels were becoming popular and I had to kind of switch things up there. And I developed my own website. I mean, how many people are web developers that's I'm not a tech savvy person I'll tell you that so I built my whole website from scratch and you know learned how to do all that and it really was a lot of work but I enjoyed it and so I took the entire year last year just learning and learning and I figured okay well I haven't invested a lot of money so if I'm still enjoying this I'm going to stick with it and I enjoyed all of it Megan I just loved it I love baking and designing my website and learning all this stuff. And I feel like it almost forces you to grow as a person, you know, and you're putting in all this work and then you see the end of it and you're like, I did this all by myself, you know, with a Mm full-time job and a kid, you know, what a, what a baddie, you know, that's (laughs) kind of how I felt. (laughs) So, and now, you know, I'm, I got more focused on um, creating more content and, Doing, you know, like the stuff that you need to do to grow traffic from there. But I did start on Instagram before I even started posting content on my blog. And I think that's where some of the problems (laughs) lied for me. So what do you think, what problems do you think that caused for you? I would say there was more focus on keeping up with it. Because, you know, there's certain things that you do. And if you spend enough time on Instagram, you know exactly what I'm talking about, the algorithm, right? And so you learn all this photography, you put that on there, and then all of a sudden they say, okay, well, actually, we want to be like TikTok. And now you you guys need to make a bunch of reels or else we're not going to put your content out. And so everyone's scrambling, oh, now we have to learn how to be videographers too. And a bunch of reels out and this and that. And they got a lot of backlash for that, you know, because any creator, not just food bloggers, but there's a lot of creators out there who are actual photographers and artists and doing things that, you know, video doesn't really make sense for them. Mm. And Instagram is the space for creators. It really is because TikTok is its own different beast you know, and then they scaled things back and said, okay, well, we're going to push out photos as well. And you're, I mean, it's hard to keep up, you know, that, that app will give you more whiplash than car collision, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, I know lots of whiplash scenarios going on in our <laughs> space. <laughs> yes. So this is why I call Instagram the toxic boyfriend. And oh, I've always perfect. called it that you know, he's that one from your past, hopefully your past, you know, that was so bad for you, wasted all your time, oh, you know, yes. but you just couldn't stay away from no matter how hard you tried, right? I have two of them. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us can relate there. And if that's your current situation, then girl, you need to get out of there. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> yes. you are worth it. <laughs> but there were a couple points that I wanted to touch on with Instagram. But before that, 
I, I wanted to preface by saying that it is a really wonderful space for the blogging community. That is probably my favorite part about it. I've made so many friends on there and some of them I talk to all the time. And these are the people, you know, that you celebrate each other's success, your shoulder to cry on, um, troubleshooting, you know, anything. I mean, they're your support network. And they're the only people you can even talk to about this stuff because nobody honestly really understands, you know. And I feel like if you don't have your community or your tribe, sometimes you can feel kind of lost and alone. And it's good to have people you can talk to and relate to when it comes to that, you know. And I really like Instagram for that reason. Yeah. And it, Instagram has been good for that for a long time, even back, oh gosh, I don't even know when I started my Instagram account, but I really started digging in like probably 2015 or 2016. And even then it was a great place for community and finding your people. Yeah. And and I love it for that. And the the only problem... Now, this is where I started to get into, like, you know, I've already talked about the algorithm, but you have shiny object syndrome. So you get on there and you're like, oh, this person makes a gorgeous reel. I want to learn how to make reels like that. And you start doing research on that. and Or, oh, my friends are working with this brand. I want to work with brands. And, you know, but are you, do you really or do you want to do it because your friends are doing it? But you would get so distracted by all this stuff that it really takes away from the one thing that you started to do, which was grow your blog, you know, and it really is a time suck. It can be, you know, you've got your friends posting stories and posts and you got your own thing, replying to comments, you know, posting on your other friends' photos. And, you know, it did, at the end of it, you look at it and you think, how much time am I spending on here? Mm-hmm. And how many people are even aware of that? Yeah. You know, because it's not a secret that these days everyone's glued to their phones. You know, and you talk, you hear all about, oh, the youth and how they're becoming addicted to social media and this and that. But what does social media addiction look like for creators? And are you even aware that you're doing it? You know, especially if you're on the app so much posting, you know, how often are you on there checking your notifications? You get on there looking through posts, looking through stories. And how much time have you spent before you get back off of there? You know, this is like a whole other issue Mm -hmm. and it's a trigger for me because I feel like, yeah, I feel very Mm -hmm. sad about this topic (laughs) and not just like you said, not just kids, which by the way is really sad because this is what they're learning growing up. We didn't have this, so we don't even know what's going to happen to them once they're adults, right? Yeah, they're watching us do it. I know. And they're watching us do it. And then... On top of that, we're doing it. So mm-hmm. it makes me really sad. But okay, I'm going to let you continue. So yes, this is it's, an issue. A, <laughs> this is a hard pill to swallow yeah. kind of topic, I think. Yeah. You know, because I think a lot of us are guilty of this and a lot of us have not been aware of it before. You know, I sat down and thought about it and I had a tough time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to do something about this. You know, because one day, you know, I got to a point where I realized I hadn't posted anything on my blog in about three weeks. I I just wasn't feeling motivated, honestly. And I posted a couple of things on Instagram, you know, stuff I felt like baking, you know, just posted on there. And so one day I was like, oh, 
I need to check my stats because I think they've completely gone down the toilet, you know, and I just got on there and I was wincing, you know, only to find out that they my traffic had gone up a lot. Oh. And I was, I, yes, I was very surprised. And so I took a closer look at it and saw that one of my Pinterest pins had taken off. And it was, it was these cake pops, you know, that took no time at all to put together, you know, and I, it was an easy post that I wrote up. And of course, that of all things is the thing that takes off. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the masterpiece that you spent hours on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, I snapped back to reality, you know, in that moment. I was like, what am I doing? You know, and I'm just focusing on other things except the things that are going to bring traffic to my blog. The one thing that I had set out to do that I had spent so much blood, sweat and tears on only to completely neglect it, you know. And and the thing is, I knew all this stuff, Megan. I've listened to so many of your podcast episodes with bloggers talking about how you should only focus on things that are going to bring you ROI and things that bring you traffic you know, but what happens when that's easier said than done? Yeah. You know, because it's, it's, it's not sometimes. You know, I was talking to one of my friends the next day, and we were talking about it. I told her about my little Pinterest epiphany, and she's like, you know what, you're right. I have the same problem. I'm always on Instagram. I'm, I have been completely neglecting my blog, you know, and her and I just had this big pep talk about it. And held each other accountable. We're like, we can do this. We got this, you know, and that conversation just really lit a fire under me. And I set up a plan. I sat down one day and just thought about everything. I'm like, okay, I need to have a schedule for one, you know, for my posting, my baking. I took, finally took that class cooking with keywords with Aleka and which was super helpful. I mean, I found out that I was doing pretty much everything wrong as far as keyword research. And, you know, I just, I put up boundaries with myself. I said, okay, I'm I'm only going to open the app a couple times a day, you know, just to reply to one of my friends or whatever, you know, it's really not worth my time beyond that and stick to that, you know, and keep your, you have to keep yourself mindful at all times, you know, otherwise you you are going to get distracted by other things. If you look at it from a psychological standpoint, you have two things fighting against each other, which is instant gratification and delayed gratification. Which one do you think your brain likes the most? (laughs) Instant. Instant. (laughs) Exactly. So Instagram is almost all instant gratification, right? And and I'm excluding, you know, growing your followers and waiting to work with brands and things like that. I'm excluding that. I'm I'm talking about the little everyday stuff. Like you post something and you start getting likes and comments on it. And all these little things are the ones that light up your reward systems in your brain. You know, if you've ever seen the, the documentary, The Social Dilemma on yes, Netflix. Yes, I was just thinking of that. I have. Yes. And they go in so much depth about it. And it's really interesting to see how it fosters social media addiction. And these people in big tech, they do not let their children on phones. I remember that. that. Yes. Mm -hmm. That says a lot, you know? So then you have that and then your blog is what? All delayed pretty much. Right. 
And there's there's some people who have gotten lucky and gotten into Mediavine, you know, within a year. But that's definitely more the exception to the rule, you know. And delayed gratification requires a lot of patience and a lot of work. And our brain does not like to do that because it has too many other things to do. So it wants things to be easy and fun and instant. You know, if you compare it to a diet, because I think that's kind of what most people can relate to. You know, say you want to lose 10 pounds for a wedding, right? And you think, okay, well, I'm going to eat chicken and vegetables. You know, I'm going to be completely miserable and (laughs) just do it. And I'm going to go to spin class and I'm going to lose these 10 pounds, right? Well, what's the first thing you do? You look in the mirror the next day and you're like, all right, is it gone? Yeah. (laughs) You you don't... (laughs) You don't, you don't want to wait, you know, you don't want to stay on this diet and keep working out. You want to, you want to see results now, you know, and I'm definitely prey to this. You know, I'm not the most patient person, you know, I'm working on it. We're all a work in progress. Right. And the problem with diets, it's like, okay, you're going on a diet. Now what happens when you're done with it? Are you going to eat like crap afterwards again and gain it all back? Or are you going to put in the work and have a plan to stick with a lifestyle change in order to maintain it? And I think that's the part that's missing for a lot of people is not having a plan for the delayed gratification. This is good. Here are some tips. And these are things that I use in my own life that I realize one day I should be putting into my business because it works everywhere and it works for anyone, you know, whether you're a blogger or a runner or I don't know, a teacher, you know, anybody really. So I think the first thing you need to keep in mind when working for something long-term, and this is something that everyone talks about and it's because there's something to it. You have to practice gratitude It's very, very important. And the reason it's so important is because it's going to give you the longevity you need. So if you if you practice saying thank you for the little things, you're not focusing on the negative. Right. So I'd say every blogger's first big goal is what, like Mediavine? Mm -hmm. Think about what a long road that can be. And how easy it is to be caught up in, oh, this is going to take forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my friends are already in Mediavine, you know, and I'm still back here. Okay. Well, think about where you started. You started at zero, right? You started with zero traffic. You started with zero posts. And look at where you are now. You have to take every little step in your journey and be thankful for it. And be mindful always of how far you've come. And I mean, even if your traffic grows 50 more sessions next month, that's 50 more sessions than it was before. Have you read The Gap in the Gain, by the way, Allie? I have not. No, I've heard of it. So that, like what you just said, is the synopsis of the book. Like looking at where you've, the achievements you've made, even if it is little, are going to make you more successful because of that exactly what you're saying. Like you're focusing on gratitude, you're focusing on abundance, you're not focusing on the lack of things. So, Yes, absolutely. And it's so important because when you're focusing on all the good little things that are happening, it's taking away from the focus 
of the things that you don't have. And here's the thing. It's not something that you practice a couple times or once in a while. It's like being a bodybuilder, right? They practice and practice and they're consistent. And your brain is the same way. Your brain is a muscle too and you have to practice and you have to put the work in. And I know not everyone wants to do that because it's, I mean, it's hard. It really is hard. We all have busy lives, but it's so important and it's so good for your mental health and you'll feel better for it and you're going to get further that way. Mm. Gratitude is such a little thing, but adding it to your life and doing it consistently, I think is like people see that as a big hurdle. But if, I mean, even if it's just like five minutes a day, right? And just maybe establishing mm-hmm. like a morning routine where you just do five minutes of it to get into the habit of it, don't you think? Yes. And it, and it becomes natural after a while. That's the thing. You know, after practicing it and practicing it, it becomes part of how you think. And it has helped me through so many things, Megan. I mean, my life has not been easy. I'll tell you that right now. And, but a lot of people have had hard lives. And are you going to let it affect you negatively? Or are you going to take that and use it as fuel to get you further? Are you going to, are you going to take those negative obstacles and take a look and say, well, what good came out of this? What door opened? What lesson did I learn from it? And I've had so many people say, like, gosh, you're just cool as a cucumber, you know, just plowing through this. And I'm like, you know, well, stuff happens, you know, and (laughs) you (laughs) got to keep on moving, you know, because if you don't, you're just going to stay stagnant, you know, and that's not a good feeling. You know, it's really not. Hello, food bloggers. Let's take a quick break to chat about my favorite keyword research tool, Rank IQ. I want to take just a minute to share about a creative way I have been using Rank IQ. I go to the keyword library in Rank IQ and I type in the topic of the post I'm writing about. An example is for a post about how to cook artichokes, I type in artichoke and or artichokes and apply the filter. I browse through the keywords that populate and I pick two to four of those that would help to round out my post. An example would be how to reheat artichokes. I then put the selected keywords into my post as H2s and I type my answers to the questions underneath in body copy. An example would be to write out a few short paragraphs about how I would reheat artichokes. This is a really great way to potentially grab other low competition keywords outside the main keyword that I'm looking for. Give this strategy a try. I hope it works out great for you too. It's done really well for me. Head to rankiq.com to check it out for yourself. Now back to the episode. The other thing too that is important for delayed gratification is you you have to set certain goals. And with the goals, you need a plan of action, right? So you start off with one big goal. You know, say we were talking about media vine, right? That's that's your big fish. And so you say, okay, well, how am I going to get there? You break it down into smaller goals. Okay, well, my first mile or like a milestone, like my son would say, like in a video game, a checkpoint, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you break it down into checkpoints and you say, okay, well, what do I need to get to a thousand sessions? You know, okay, well, I need a consistent posting schedule. I need maybe even a Pinterest strategy or something, you know, that you 
put work into that's going to build your traffic, right? And you get to each of these goals and then you set your next one. And then you feel like you've, you can celebrate after each one. It gives you a sense of accomplishment when you set smaller goals that are attainable. Because if you only look at the big picture, it looks really, really overwhelming, right? So when you set the smaller ones, you know, you can celebrate after each one. You're like, you know, all right, I got to 1,000 sessions and next I'm going to get to 5,000, you know, and and you kind of go from there and you stay consistent and you keep your schedule and your plan and stay mindful of what you're doing so you don't get distracted by Instagram. <laughs> the toxic boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Stay away from the boyfriend. <laughs> yes. So once you started implementing some of these things you're talking about, gratitude and just, you know, the managing your schedule and all of that, then do you feel like your relationship with Instagram got more healthy? Absolutely. Yeah. Because for one, I I shifted my focus. And when you have a plan that you stick to, your focus shifts naturally. You know, because you are mm-hmm. like, okay, well, today, this is a writing day. So today I'm writing. I'm And I, I do not keep my phone near me when I'm writing. I keep my tabs closed because even the computer can be distracting, you know. And then, you know, when I have time at night before bed or, you know, whatever, and then I'll get on there. You know, if one of my friends DMs me or something, I'll talk to them for a little bit. And then I say, okay, well, I need to get back to what I'm doing. And then I just keep on trucking, you know, and, but it does happen naturally. And if you put in the work, then things will just kind of, it really does come together a lot better for you. Yeah. I think a lot of us fall into what you were talking about earlier. It's like a, it starts out as a rabbit hole that we go down. And then before we know it, we're sucked into this vortex that is like mindless trap that we don't even know we're in until something for you, you got shaken out of it and like had that epiphany. But a lot of us don't know. I had the same thing happen, not with Instagram, but just kind of my phone in general. I was, I don't know, I think grocery store, like in line somewhere. And I was at a checkout and I was like looking at my phone and I remember I was looking at like email or something and I had no idea what I was even looking at. I'm like, what am I doing? Why why do I have my phone? Why do I keep checking it? I'm not checking for anything specific. Yes. And it was such a moment for me. I was like, holy crap. I've been trained to pick up my phone and open it and like click on an app or something. And I don't even know why I'm going in there. And that for me was my epiphany where I just realized I couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't live like that. I couldn't show my boys that that's what their mom, like, what are you checking, mom? I don't know. I'm just going into my phone. I have no clue. You know, I haven't had any new emails the last three minutes, but I'm still looking at it. (laughs) No idea why I'm here. So I made an intentional change as well. And it was really hard. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was maybe like a drug addict, like trying not to reach for the drugs. I mean, it was like a really strong pull to my phone and my computer too. But I just like I committed and I made myself stay on the track. And it took like three solid months of training myself to not go to my phone before I felt normal again. Good for you, girl. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize how addicting it really is. I have the same problem. You know, you sit yeah. down. I was at the doctor, you know, and you get in the waiting room. You know, the first thing I do is pull open my phone. Like, oh, I'm just going to sit here by myself yeah. and scroll. I had no I had no idea what I was looking at either. 
you know, it was yeah. just to have it open and have something to do, you know, and then you look around, you ever sometimes look around, you know, and everybody's on their phone and they're just sucked in there, you know, and you're like, gosh, is this what I look like? I know. I know. And like, there are times when I am somewhere and I really do have to get some information or like, oh gosh, I need to find that email or that text and find it. But other than that, I really try not to be on my phone because I don't want to be that person who's just like wandering around, staring down at a device in her hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm often looking around like, oh my gosh, everyone, like everyone in a waiting room was on the phone. If I go to my boys' school, if I'm like waiting for them or something, every single parent's on their phone. I go to swim mm -hmm. lessons with my son. Every parent's on their phone. And not to say that I'm not, like I... I fall prey to that too. So I'm not like being judgy or anything, but it is like, we're just, that's it's widespread is what you're saying. Yeah, it's widespread. <laughs> it exactly. Really so take a moment just to like look around you when you're in those waiting situations and notice how everyone mm -hmm. is, they look like robots and nobody's looking at the world anymore. Nobody's like looking up and talking. Well, m for the most part, like, <laughs> you know, interacting with humans the way they used to because they didn't have phones. So exactly. yeah, it's really, it's bizarre, but we're trained to do it. It's not like a lot of us even know we're doing it. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I wasn't aware for a long time. Yeah. You know, and you know, you, you do come to a point sometimes where you're like, okay, I need to make a change. Cause I, like you said, I don't even really know what I'm looking at. I'm just on it to be on it, you know, cause I'm used to it. It becomes a habit you know, yeah. and, and it does take time to break it. Yep. And even like some people probably do know that they are doing that mindlessly, but they don't know what to do to change it because it's so ingrained in us that we know it re it's going to require a lot of effort and time and just an investment of energy. It does. And that's why it's it's so important to learn some of these techniques because I think you know, I'm, I guess, fortunate that I took a lot of psychology classes. So I feel like I'm always aware of things, you know, and, and I know what to look for. I mean, even I get caught up in things sometimes, but I, I'm able to bring myself back to earth and, and practice certain things. But a lot of people don't really know, maybe not know what to do, or how to change mm -hmm. it, or certain things that you can do to help it, because there are things you can do to, you know, like I said, gratitude, mindfulness of, you know, what you're doing, being in the present and being self-aware. And, you know, we all get so caught up and busy in our everyday lives that we don't actually sit down and think about what we should be working on or, you know, how am I going to change this or that? And because it feels like work, because it yeah. is work, but... <laughs> Right. It's important and you really do feel so much better for it. It's so true. I can tell you that 100%. Those three months that I just talked about were really hard. But once I got to the end of it, I felt like I was given a new life, honestly. And this was during COVID. So to say that I felt renewed during that time is huge. I was just, I was so in shock. It's a big deal. I know about it's how It's a really much big deal. Not how not even how much better I felt, but I was like earning more money in my business by a lot, and I had more yes. relationships in my business, more opportunities had come my way, and I think that's because I was taking my eyes off of the garbage that I didn't need to have my eyes on, and I was allowing exactly. for that good stuff to come in. 
Exactly. And and that's the thing you you allow yourself more time. Think about how much more time. And time is especially for me, well for anybody, you know, but in my life, you know, I have a full-time job and a child and all this stuff. And my time is very very precious to me and I don't have a lot of it. So I have to use it really really wisely. So if I'm wasting a bunch of time on Instagram, that is all time I'm taking away from my business because it gives me it really gives me nothing you know I've never reached out to a brand before I'm lucky to get one or two clicks on my website a day from it you know so this is all stuff that's bringing me nothing yeah and you know and if you're if you do work with a ton of brands and that's you know your thing or you're an influencer you know obviously you're going to spend more time on Instagram because you're growing that, you know, but even so, Megan, I've seen a lot of people get hacked before my very Mm. eyes. And I think it's so important to have different streams of income and things to have besides Instagram, because if you're solely focused on that, it can be taken away from you in, in a second, you know? Sadly, yes, that happens. You know, Food Blogger Pro, uh, Bjork had a, an, an episode about that Pinch of Yum got hacked on Instagram and where they have like millions of followers, right? Yeah, they've been around yeah. forever. And luckily, they were able to get their account back. But from what I understand, it took a lot of work for them. And not everyone gets that fortunate, you oh, know? Man. So, you know, that's why, you know, having your own website or something besides that, even like an ebook or something is good to have. You know, because yeah. it's always to have something other than Instagram. I, I will tell you that. So something I use the app for personally is just keeping in touch with friends. It's a way that I've created relationships that I've had for years mm-hmm. now. So how do you recommend people still do that? Like use it as a kind of a networking tool, but maintaining their sanity. So actually one thing. And I told you I had a conversation with my friend about this. And one thing she mentioned that resonated with me was that she was worried about losing, you know, contact with her friends more and missing out on their posts and things like that. Because, you know, her and I both like we we like to see our friends stuff and comment on it and you know, and I was like, you know, I think that's part of the problem with me is that I I like the social aspect of it. You know, I I talk to everybody on there. I'm friendly and I love making new friends. And I think that was the hardest part for me as far as, you know, setting that boundary. So what you have to do is just realize they're still going to be there, you know, and if it takes you a little while to message them back or comment or something, then it might just have to wait, you know, because before, you know, I would have, you know, a message come in and I would get to it right away and message them back. And then I would get into a a full-blown conversation, you know, and I'm like, oh man, I should have, you know, waited a little bit for this. (laughs) Got to make dinner. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know what you mean? Yep. (laughs) And it's just realizing that, you know, it it can wait. It really can, you know, people understand. I've, I've had friends that get back to me way later, you know, and there's a lot of people that I think that, that do have boundaries with it and people that do not. And I was definitely one that didn't. But, you know, you can scroll later, scroll before mm-hmm. bed. That's my Instagram time, especially when I'm laying down. I don't really watch a lot of TV anymore. You know, before bed, I'll, I'll scroll a little bit, talk to my friends and 
you know, set out certain times a day that you know you have time to talk to someone or, you know, go through your feed or whatever you want to do, you know. Something you said sparked this. I have one little tip that I do. So like you were saying that you like you'll see something come in and like, okay, I need to put this off. Otherwise, I'm just going to go down the rabbit hole. So what I do is I'll kind of let my DMs accumulate a little bit. So if I see one come through, I'm like, not enough. (laughs) I'll wait until I see between three and five and then I can kick them Mm -hmm. out all at once. That's one little thing I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good tip. That's something that I started doing because otherwise, if you are replying to messages as they come, it's going to... Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's not good for your for your time <laughs> at all. Also, doing the audio reply sometimes that's just easier. Like if I'm walking somewhere and I don't necessarily want to be looking right down at my phone, I'll just like hit the audio record and just record a reply real quick. And that's another easy way to just like get in and out. Yeah, that's a good idea too. I've actually never done that before. <laughs> People love that too. I've never done. In, like a, a talk to text or anything. Oh, really? They, I get so many responses when I do that. People are like, oh my gosh, this is above and beyond. Like they, they, for some reason think that pressing that button is so much harder. I don't know. Maybe it's just like m- more personal. So they appreciate it more, but yeah, it's a great little tool. I love that. I'm going to try that, Megan. Yeah. I'm yeah. Try that too. Yes. Well, before we start saying goodbye, do you have any other little tips or bits of encouragement about how to establish a healthier relationship, not just with Instagram, but we really talked about kind of like phones overall, really, and what you're doing on your telephone? Yeah, because it all all ties in together. Mm -hmm. But I would say my tip is just go outside. Go outside and enjoy life and get off Instagram a little bit, get off TikTok and enjoy the stuff around you because it's it's pretty outside it's getting warm out mm, i know finally, <laughs> we all need right? to go outside yes <laughs> i know that's it's hard in the winter i get into ruts where i'm like oh my gosh i haven't even seen the sky all day and i can feel it in my body in my mind when that happens and you live in the north too don't yes, you yes minnesota yep yes yeah. Yep. So it's gray. It's there's no sun. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a rough winter All this winter. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been so great. I bet you didn't know that you would hit a nerve with me, did you? <laughs> or maybe you did. I, I whole, didn't. No. <laughs> I was. I was hoping. You know, this is something that helped me, and I was hoping it could at least help one other yeah. person. And I yes. feel like I've achieved something. You know. <laughs> oh, it's so true. I know. It's it's hard to think that with this topic because it's such a big one that you could possibly change the masses probably not unless who knows you'd have to do a lot but to change like one person's thinking on this is huge and I think it's so important and I always wonder I don't know about you Allie but I'm always like why aren't more people worried about this or maybe they are and they just don't know what to do but I don't hear many people this is not a topic of conversation very often I know (laughs) I'm like freaking out about it. I'm like, I don't freak out about much, but this, I'm like, this is a big deal. Like we're going to be 10 years from now, our kids are going to be like 
mindless robots and nobody is you know thinking about this it's like oh it makes me want to tear up and cry I think about that too my son is 10 yeah you know (laughs) yeah I know and that's the age where you have to start thinking about it right because I know Mm -hmm. my youngest son Sam he was in second grade and telling me that kids in his class had phones and I was like what no they don't like I I didn't believe it I was like that's crazy right like second graders Mm -hmm. but apparently that was a thing second graders oh my goodness second graders yes and now he's in seventh grade and my other son is in 10th grade and we still have not gotten them phones and they're literally the only kids in their schools who don't have phones and I know that's probably not a good service in the social realm but I just feel like it doesn't make sense to me. My husband and I are like, if if it kind of made sense, we would do it. But I feel like it's so harmful or the potential of it being is so harmful is there. And I, so we're still holding out. <laughs> I don't know if that's right or wrong, but. <laughs> I commend you for that, Megan. I really do because it is one more thing to monitor because Zach has a phone and I was against it, but his dad and his grandparents live in Florida, and so he likes to FaceTime with them. And it's a way for him to talk to his family a lot because, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't, I can't, you know, get rid of my phone all the time, you know. So he's got his own, and you do really have to monitor it and monitor what they're looking at and how much time they spend on it. He has time limits and yeah. certain things he has to do before he can even get on it. And... And he likes his phone, I'll tell you that, you know, so. And see, there are things you can do to, you know, to help with that. So just being a parent, monitoring and letting them know that they don't have full access, like those are things that we could definitely implement. But I just, like there's enough stuff that they deal with. I just, yeah, personally don't want to add it. I don't blame you because I I wouldn't either (laughs) if I had the choice. Well, I don't want to come across as being judgmental either. Like I am not judging parents who do it because it's just, it's easy to do it. Like all the kids have them. So of course you're going to do that. So I don't want people to think that I'm being a jerk or anything, but just for me and my husband, it just doesn't feel right yet. I'm not saying we won't, but it just like, I want it to feel right for us before we do it. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like we, as as parents, we all do what we feel is best for our child and our family, mm-hmm. you know, yep. it has nothing to do with anybody else. You know, it's what we feel is good for our situation and our children, yeah. you know. Right. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, this was amazing. I am all fired up now. I want to go start like a movement. <laughs> Maybe we should start one together. I'll Ellie. join you. Okay. Yes, Sounds good. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us and we appreciate all the value you shared and hopefully we can move forward with our Instagram relationships in a more healthy way and just be more mindful of what we're looking at on there so that we can go on there and actually do things that are benefiting our business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with? I know you mentioned some earlier, so if you have anything additionally, now is the time to say it. Okay, so my quote is from Sebastian Ingus, and he says, happiness is a now thing. The happiness you find now is what gives you the energy to create the life you really want. Learn to enjoy the journey.
Oh, that's perfect. And it ties in with what you were talking about, just being present and enjoying yeah. where you're at, right? Love it. Exactly. Yeah. We'll put together show notes for you, Allie. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash rebel spatula. Tell everyone where they can find you, Allie. Well, you can find me on my website at therebelspatula.com. Of course, I'm on Instagram. It's rebel spatula. And don't be afraid to say hi. I love to chit chat with people. During your downtime. (laughs) During my downtime. Yes. yes, It may take a little bit to get back to you. Pinterest. I love hanging out with people on Pinterest too. It's rebel underscore spatula. Cool. Everyone go check Allie out. Thank you so much for being here, Allie. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.